0: Welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rizak. This is the show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. One of our favorite topics on Basecamp is consciousness, spiritual awakening, and inner knowing. And these are really the same topic, and it is near and dear to me as a seeker. If we are all heading towards the same mountaintop, then showing the various ways we move out of our respective base camps can have a unifying and inspiring effect. There is no one road that is right for each one of us, yet in our own unique ways, how we choose to live impacts the collective way up. As people find love and light and how to better serve these foundational principles, our strength is fortified. We are, in cosmic terms, a legendary race of beings. We seem to be on the verge of something, something that is reflected in both the inner and the outer world, and there is an interconnectedness and truth that is looking for you. It may look like you've been adrift, yet here you find yourself at the brink of your own spiritual awakening and deep understanding of our place in the cosmos. Wisdom is your native language. Maybe you've not been in the habit of exploring your inner depths and what you understand, but there it is, your birthright as a human. We have stated it before, and I will say it again. Spiritual awakening is a group effort. We all get there when we all get there, and when we we get there is now. We are an evolving, interconnected, emerging tribe of people that are just now realizing what this is all about. Metaphorically, people are gathering around the fire to hear the myths and truths that will set us free. My guest today is Chris Pallas, and he is a mystic, a teacher, and the director of the St. Germain Foundation here in Seattle. He is also a man I consider a mentor, a man who walks the talk and selflessly serves humanity. Here is my interview with Chris Pallas. Okay, I am here with my friend Chris Pallas, teacher, spiritual warrior uh leader in the saint germain foundation chris palace chris welcome to base welcome back to base camp for Men. it's great to have you on the show again
1: great tony it's great to connect with you again yeah we we you know we did a we
0: did a earlier show back in season three in episode uh 108 titled the mystery of saint germain and, you know, we got, I think for many of my listeners, that was probably a first, you know, maybe people, if they've done a fair amount of reading in the in the New Age bookstore or the spiritual uh, uh, section of a bookstore may have come across St. Germain. But my sense on that was probably there was a lot of listeners that were like, St. Germain, you know, what, who is he? What does this represent? And on Basecamp for Men, you know, I, since I have a deep interest in Spiritual awakening, um, uh, the different forms that that can take with different ascended masters, teachers like Christ, St. Germain, uh, Mary Magdalene, all all the, I try to present it using myth and a bunch of different sort of uh, motifs to show that there's many ways up the mountain and there's many ways to integrate wisdom and that uh, in fact uh, a lot of these ascended masters and teachers that we revere were often speaking the same language they were often speaking the same things in different ways and so this is you know my hope is that this is an extension since you know a lot about saint germain and his writing and his teaching so we're going to be unpacking that almost like a a bookend to that first episode Um, And I guess, you know, what my first question is, you know, you often hear that God is love. And I guess my first question, which is really in two parts, is how can we love a God who at times seems so nebulous and far away? And then what are tools that we can use to keep generating love in our lives? Since love really is the, the foundational principle of so many of these wisdom teachings. Um, so it's really a two part. How can we love a God that's nebulous and far away? And also, what are some tools that are at our disposal that we may or may not be using?
1: Yeah, Tony, um, sounds good. Well, first of all, I I don't think that you can love what you don't know. Mm. So to love someone, first, we have to get to know something about them. And when I wanted to learn more about God, I began with the Bible, the Old and New Testament, and mainly because it was given to me by my mother at a pretty young age. So my first inkling about God was when he revealed himself to Moses. So God shows up to Moses is a pillar of blazing fire in a bush. And it's not like a normal fire where the bush is just burned up, but it's more kind of like a spiritual fire. So here's God appearing to Moses, as fire, and Moses wants to know more. So he asks, who are you? What's your name? And so God tells him his name. He says, my name, is I am that I am. You can tell your people that I am has sent me to you. This is my name forever. Mm -hmm. Well, that seemed really mysterious to me when I first read it. And it wasn't until later on that God's name started to make sense to me. That I am means consciousness, Mm -hmm. that which is aware of itself. And I think what God was really saying to Moses is, I am that consciousness, that awareness, which is the consciousness and awareness in you. Mm -hmm. That which you seek to know of me is that which is also present within yourself. In other words, I am that which is in you and in everything, the all in all. Now, St. Germain in the I Am Discourses puts it another way. I am here, I am there, and I am everywhere. And what I believe he's saying is that God is one presence, undivided, yet Individualized and connected to everything. Mm -hmm. And Tony, it's interesting. In the first book of the Old Testament in Genesis, it says that we're made in God's image and likeness, which I think is saying we're kind of like a fractal of God, a pattern of Himself within all of us. And, um, you know, when King David contemplated this infinite universe, And more than likely, you know, as he stood under a canopy of stars on some Jerusalem night, he asked God a question. And he asks, Lord, when I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And so what I get from that is that he's asking, really, who am I that you're mindful of me? Why are we here in this gigantic universe? And what's my purpose? And Tony, when we begin to ask those same types of questions, I believe it's the beginning of our awakening. Mm -hmm. It's then that the door starts to open, because until we knock, it doesn't open. You know, the... um, The ancient Greek philosopher Pythagoras, uh, he wrote, Man, know thyself, then thou shalt know the universe and God. So for me personally, I see man, God, and the universe as inseparably tied together. And as we come to understand one, we also come to understand the other. Because as the, um, the ancient maxim saying, said, as above, so below, as below, so above. So then there's this disciple called Luke who said that every hair on our head is numbered and known. And what that says to me is that which created us knows us intimately better than we know ourselves. Because I don't know anything about how each hair in my head is numbered. You know, I don't know about my genetic code or my DNA or, you know, my circulatory or my digestive system. You know, I don't know any of that. Or even just in the way that life heals me when I have a cut. You know, all of this to me is miraculous as well as incomprehensible. And you know what? It's also a gift. And when we come to realize that this, for this miraculous gift to be given to each of us, Tony, it means there has to be a giver. Mm-hmm. St. Germain was asked a question by one of his students uh, in 1932. And the question was, understanding God as love, why did God individualize himself? And St. Germain's answer was, in order to have something to love. Mm. Tony, this is as simple as it gets. Mm-hmm. We were created for the sole purpose of being loved. Mm. And this is really a reoccurring theme throughout the Bible and all the mystical and the holiest books, you know, both East and West. I mean, you're a parent, and like any parent knows what it is to love their child. So why would it be any different for that higher power which made us to have those same sorts of feelings, and if not, magnanimously more? That's right. You know, Jesus referred to God as Abba, the Father. And in the Arabic, Abba is the most endearing and intimate name for the love and the trust that a child feels towards his father. And probably the closest we could get, you know, in English is something like Papa or Daddy, you know, something really personal and tender and intimate. And I believe that what we have to find in this father heart of God is the same thing as well. Hmm. So every one of us, Tony, craves and seeks to find love. And most of the time, we're looking for it in all the wrong places. Mm -hmm. John, the Beloved, reveals a magic key to understanding this whole God thing in love. And what he says is pretty powerful. He says that it's not that we love God, but that God loved us first. And, you know, when I first read this it put an important piece of the puzzle together for me. Because until we get that we've already been given a gift, Mm -hmm. we have nothing to be grateful for. And gratitude is, is really one of the most powerful ways we can give love back to anyone, or really to anything. From an electrical parlance standpoint, there's always two currents required in order to complete a circuit. And it's no different than we're dealing with the current love-love. Each of us has already received the initial current. We were loved first into existence. Then, in order for us to fully experience what that means and what it feels like at its core, we've got to complete the circuit Mm -hmm. by returning that current back to source where it originated. Well, and
0: and what one thing you see in ascend, for sure, ascended masters. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to go that high up, but just anybody that's been steeped in any kind of spiritual work is one of the common traits. Is this free flowing uh, gratitude, right? It, it's a common expression. I know as I as my spiritual work has deepened over the past uh, two decades. Um there's more uh there's more gratitude that's sort of upfront and constant, where back in the day maybe I was not that way because I was immature, right? Um, but I think that's one of the telling facts that you're sort of or the telling traits that you're sort of doing, are you heading in the right direction when you're starting to express more and more gratitude? I love that you said uh a fractal uh as an expression of god that were that were these fractal as above so below as Hermes said which contains a ton of truth and it's always was really interesting to me that saint germain when you start to read his writings there's a ton of common uh commonality with the east it's like here this great you know tradition in buddhism uh Advaita vedanta hinduism all these different things and here this westerner this european Who isn't real well known in the modern day relative to some of the Eastern teachers, uh, but speaking a lot the same way, speaking the same language, speaking of the same uh, truths. Um, uh, It's so interesting. And then I wanted to ask you as well, Chris, like the importance of momentum. Like you hear a lot right now. And I think people are kind of grouping a lot of things together. Yes, there's a quickening or a momentum right now in this thing that's being called the great awakening, but there's a lot of things being thrown in there. Some people it's like, it's an awakening of, you know, there's a ton of corruption, you know, which is on, you know, kind of a lower level awakening. Then there's this awakening that people are experiencing, which is more in line of what you're talking about, which is people are becoming more aware of their connection to the divine, of the inner knowing that they are connected intimately and are perhaps part of the divine plan. Um, and that more and more people seem to be right-sizing the ego and serving the greater good, the greater good being connected to all the things that we've been talking about. Um, how do you sort of apply uh momentum to your spiritual work? It does it, does it ebb and flow? Is there a lot, you know, do you find that? people since you're a teacher and you work with a lot of people is there do people work in spurts is there is there something happening right now where there's a great wave which is like a perfect time to be um doing more prayer doing more meditation and contemplation expressing more gratitude um what's happening and what's the role of momentum in all this
1: well tony i think um first of all we have to realize that there's force or energy everywhere around us and it's the same electronic pulse that's beating your heart in my heart right now mm-hmm. you know there's electrical impulses throughout our nervous system so in considering momentum we have to consider this force or this divine energy first and foremost mm-hmm. the ascended masters describe momentum in this way they say energy becomes power through conscious use so it's using energy consciously and repeatedly over time that builds momentum. So think of St. Paul in prayer without ceasing, or the Orthodox monks reciting the Jesus Prayer hundreds of times a day, or Catholics, Catholics giving the rosary, or the Tibetans or the Buddhists, you know, chanting their words of holiness over and over and over again. All these practices are about energy becoming power through conscious use. And this is what creates momentum. You know, it's fascinating because I love the life of Nikola Tesla. Me too. He, He said it in a slightly different way. He said, if you want to understand the universe, think of energy, frequency, and vibration. And thoughts are things. They're a form of energy. And when we start to coalesce our thoughts with intent and feeling... They're put into motion and activate the power of creation, you know. And Tesla realized momentum could be used in a way, electromagnetically, really, to increase energy through what he called oscillation. Mm -hmm. And the same principle applies spiritually. And you know, I'll just try to describe it here in one way. If if you took a 200-pound man and put him on a swing, and you have a 50-pound child pushing him, but the first push that 200 man is only going to go a short distance. But if the child pushes once again at the right time, when the return of that swing just starts to change momentum forward again, the same energetic quantity of push from the child will be able to move that heavier man just a little further along. And with each succeeding push just at the right time, that kid can increase the momentum of energy to an even greater distance. And it will continue to increase with each push. And so, you know, Tesla took the same principle using his oscillator machine and nearly destroyed several blocks in New York City. He he started this thing up and it started to vibrate at a certain cycle throughout his building. And then he started creating these rhythmic pulsations. To the point where he had to like destroy it because it would have annihilated every building, you know, in his locality. And so it's the same reason why today they make soldiers marching across bridges break their strides so they don't march in unison. Yeah. Because everyone marching in unison can bring, through oscillating waves, the entire bridge down. Yeah. And so it's the same law, really, of frequency and vibration that we apply in prayer affirmation or decree and to give you an example in the old testament job wrote thou shalt decree a thing and that shall be established unto thee and even the prophet isaiah wrote he said the lord said concerning the works of my hands command ye me So a command or a decree given with a spoken word, the throat chakra sets energy and emotion in a very, very powerful way.
0: Mm.
1: Um, Take, you know, the command that God gave in Genesis, let there be light. And there was light. So God spoke those words into the ethers, just like we speak words into the ethers, not with the same, you know, quantity of power or voltage, but it's the same principle. But
0: as as above, so below, right? And, exactly. and yeah, well, and I wanted to ask you uh, before we get into the next question, um, do you focus in when you're doing the decrees and the prayers and stuff? Do you like to focus on the throat chakra or is it's not part of St. Germain's uh, instructions to, to do it that way? Or, or do you play with the chakras and, and, and the decrees, or is it more, it's not that specific in terms of the areas in your, in your, you know, energy body or electric body that you're focused on?
1: What the Ascended Masters really focus on is first of all, your connection to source, which is your what he calls your mighty I am presence. Mm-hmm. That's your electronic body. And that's a brilliant, blazing light. You can imagine the brilliance of the sun at noonday. Mm-hmm. That presence exists above us in a different dimension. But if you have an eye picture of light entering into the crown chakra, and, and basically the Ascended Masters work with the three higher centers. So they're working with the third eye chakra. Mm-hmm. Well, actually the crown and the third eye, the throat and also the heart. And it's those three that we, they pretty much direct their students to consider in terms of their visualization uh, and working with the light. And so probably the most important thing I can say concerning that is that you're really not the doer. Right. You're the caller, is the student, is mm-hmm. the decreer. And the light is being released from the the center point. You can call it your mighty I am presence. You can call it your higher middle body. You can call it the I am that I am. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the light is being released from. And we're just making the call as to where we want it directed, if that helps.
0: That does help a lot. Um, You know, I'm glad you brought up. Nikola Tesla, you know, he, he was so far ahead of his time. I love all the stories around him. I, I really think they should be teaching a class on him in school. You know, I think he he was so far ahead of his time. I would love to see a next generation, not just curious seekers that come across that quote you read or just his work, but I'd love to see it presented you know, as an adjunct to science because he presented this whole field of work that um, had spiritual ramifications and was completely new paradigm in terms of of energy and and he left a whole legacy. So I, I'd love, I'd love to, um, to see that be picked up by, you know, like my son's generation. Um, and, you know, St. Germain talked a lot about manifestation and you hear a lot about that. You know, there's been a lot of popular books written about this. Um, what did what did Saint Germain have to say about manifesting what you really want in the world? Uh, was there techniques that he taught? Was there what what, what was his like, sort of unique take on it?
1: Well, you know, really, I'll just tell you now. If your listeners ever have the opportunity to read Unveiled Mysteries, I mean, mm. that book contains probably the best description that I've ever read as to the exact steps on how to manifest. Mm. And it starts on about, you know, page 100, 101, right around there. And if they read his instructions direct from the master himself, I mean, he's going to explain it in detail. But Great. I'm just going to go over a few points, you know. Mm-hmm. The messengers, or Saint Germain told the messengers early on in their experiences with him that everything they called forth had to be called forth consciously. And the key word here is consciously. In other words, um, first of all, We've got to be able to see in our mind's eye that which we wish wish to manifest, to use um, our God-given power visualization into what you know some know as a third eye. The next step, really, though, is to be able to feel it. And so you could say, you could ask, well, what sort of feeling does this bring into my life as I imagine it, as if it were already present, already here? And then he talks about writing it out in detail and then to concentrate on it and read it and affirm it as if it were already present in your life many, many times a day, Mm. especially a night before bed. So, the more, Tony, we can enter into a state of total acceptance of it as already being here, we bypass time and space and we move into that oneness consciousness that total presence or i am that which i wish to manifest it's kind of it's kind of like um you probably read the book jonathan livingston seagull i did a long long time ago yeah, yeah me too, <laughs> but the one thing i remember is so powerful is that when jonathan tells master chang that he wants to fly higher and faster than any bird has ever flown mm-hmm. master chang tells him he says okay well with Jonathan, if you want to reach perfect speed, it means you have to accept yourself is already being there. Mm. And so, you know, if we can come to that point where we accept what the condition we want or the state that we wish to be in, we have taken the shortcut to get there. Well, and when you were talking about that, one, one of the things that struck
0: me is that I think one of the ways that we shortcome or, or shortchange ourselves when it comes to creating what we want. I don't know if we stay with it. I think there's a perseverance that you're speaking of, where you said multiple times a day, um, visualize, visualize the feeling of it already being there, accepting that it's already there. I don't know if most people, myself included, necessarily like we have an idea of what we want. We might do a visualization, but it's almost like, well, if you want to build. That reality in thought and feeling. It's like building a house. You can't build a house in one afternoon. You have to construct it and put down the foundation. And then, and then you're going to, you know, you're going to put up the walls and you're going to put the pipe, like all these different things. And it seems that we want to create what we want right now really fast. And we quickly jump out and say, oh, this, these techniques don't really work because look, it's been two weeks and I haven't produced it or I haven't. But that's, that's not really spiritual. Maturity to think something can be I mean, sometimes you do people do create things very quickly When it's you know, the divine will to have that come into being but I think some people Don't maybe trust their ability to manifest it so there's a little bit of shadow of like oh no these things don't really work or they just don't stay with it long enough to say look this is so important to me that I that I create this for the world or for my family or whatever 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 it is you're focused on um, I'm going to commit to it for a period of time until it manifests. And I'm gonna trust the process. I think that's one of the pieces I think with all this like uh all these different approaches that people take. Oh, I tried doing that, you know, the gift or what, whatever it is, whatever the thing is, the secret. Um, it didn't really work. But when you talk to them, you realize, well, you only tried it for a little while. And I think sometimes that's that's what people get stuck on is looking for fast results. Maybe it's part of being American and be, having, you know, everything move fast in technology that we don't want to stay with something and build it like a carpenter almost. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. It does. And yeah. that's, you know, where, you know, discipline comes in and that's mm-hmm. what it means to be a disciple, mm-hmm. you know, to, have, to have discipline in our lives. It, uh, For myself personally, I have to set a certain amount of time aside every day to be able to enter into, and it's not only, you know, it's not only entering into that which I wish to manifest through prayer decree, but really most important is entering into the great, great silence, you know, the space between our thoughts, because we do live in a society and in a culture where everything moves very, very fast. I mean, everybody's on their cell phones, and especially you know, younger generation, I'm a little bit older, but, you know, I, I grew up with slide rules. I didn't have calculators in, in high school or whatever, but, yeah. you know, everything is really fast and everything is quick. And where our minds are almost programmed to move very quickly from one thing to the other. And all you have to do, I don't watch much television, but if you, you know, when I do watch and I notice. you look at commercials, things are flashing very quickly. Yeah. I think what they understand is, is that the attention span for most of us these days is a lot shorter and so what we have to do to counteract that is we have to slow everything down yep. we got to go into the silence get into the quiet and get into the space between thoughts mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you know ultimately that's where presence is that's where divine love is is in the space between the thoughts and that's where i am is you know um So often, Tony, we get caught up in the past. And a lot of times that's associated with thoughts of guilt. We're caught up in the future, you know, anxiety for what may or may not happen. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, I am is now, you know, it's not I was or I will be. It's presence right now. And that the more we can come to that space in our lives to slow things down, I think that the better off we are. And you're right, it does take for each of us a certain amount of discipline. You know, I know that St. Germain, um, you know, in the early days with the messengers and his students, he, you know, encouraged them back then to think about putting their attention on their source once an hour. And even if it was just for a few seconds or a minute. Mm. And when when we approach it in that, way that's another way to build momentum it doesn't have to mean you sit in a quarter in a corner in your room for 10 hours a day to pray or meditate or give your decrees or whatever but even if it can just be in the midst of your day uh to be in the world but not of it to be able to anchor a certain pulsation of energy going up and blessing going out um and it can just be for a few minutes or a few seconds.
0: That's beautiful, Chris. Thanks so much for the reminder. Um, the soul moves at a slower pace than technology for sure. Um, where do uh, people go find uh, St. Germain's books, Unveiled Mysteries and uh, The Magic Presence? Yeah. Where is that? Is that yeah, on? Yeah, yeah.
1: Sure. Yeah. They can they can go to Amazon.com and find them there. Yeah. Uh, they can go to the St. Germain Press and find them there as well. Uh, They can be downloaded from the St. Germain Press and I think also from Amazon.com just online right on your device or you can order the hard copy of the books as well.
0: Beautiful, Chris. Thanks so much for coming back on, Base Camperman, and sharing your wisdom and your insights. You've been a great friend and a mentor. Um, I'm really looking forward to doing the upcoming Saint Germain program. I'm thankful that you're here, and this this center here is active. I'm really looking forward to 2022 being a kind of a Saint Germain sort of leaning into the Ascended Masters teachings and and seeing how that unfolds. And I'm looking forward to presenting it to to my listeners and hopefully having you back on as things unfold and um, just. Really appreciate you and taking the time today, Chris. Thanks so much.
1: Well, you're welcome, Tony, and I appreciate you, and I appreciate all that you're doing uh, through Basecamp for <laughs>
0: If you find value in our show and wish to show us some love, we are now making that very easy to do. You simply go to www.basecampformen.com and click on Donate Support Basecamp. You'll find an easy way to make either monthly donations for as little as $5 a month, or you can donate just once. We love the monthly donation and hope to build this up over the coming months, but any show of support is greatly appreciated, honestly. Thank you for your support and for helping to keep Basecamp as a resource on your hero's journey. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rizak, and you're listening to Basecamp for Men.